This morning we are closing out our series, Great Expectations. You can say, oh, okay. <laughs> We're closing it out with one of, the most, one of the most famous people in the Bible, Moses. Have you ever felt like you were called to do something, but then because of fear or some other emotion or excuse, you chose not to do it? You know, God, God called you. You know God was calling you in your heart to do something. And, and then all of a sudden you started looking at what you may have to accomplish, what you may have to overcome. And fear took hold or some other emotion in your life. And so you felt like, oh, gosh, I, I, I just can't do this. And so you didn't do it. Well, Moses was in the same boat. He felt that way as well. In Exodus, after telling God about his limitations, over and over and over again, it says in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 14, Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in my past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? It is, is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. So God calls to Moses and says, hey, I have an assignment for you. And Moses is like, hey, send someone else. How many times in your life have you experienced the same thing where you felt again, God was calling you to do something, but you didn't feel adequate up to the task, whatever the case may be. And so you're like, well, you know what? Someone else is going to do it. There's a saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Well, (laughs) apparently if you want to make God angry, tell him your limitations. You think about that. It it angered God. Moses' attitude angered God. God came to Moses with an assignment. And Moses felt like this assignment was kind of above his pay grade, if you will, that he couldn't handle it, that he couldn't deal with it. It was more than he could accomplish in his own mind, in his thoughts. God was using Moses. He's willing to tell Moses to go and talk to Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was the most powerful man in the world at this time. And God was telling Moses, you need to go to Pharaoh and you need to tell him this. I want my people freed from slavery. That was Moses' assignment. To go to Pharaoh, okay, now you can understand where you can have a little, you know, there's a little intensity going on in your life, a little bit of fear. Go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. At first, what Moses did seemed like genuine humility, right? Because he's saying, hey, I, I'm not sure I can, I can handle this. In, in chapter 3 and verse 11, he says this, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring Israel out of Egypt? So he says to God, you know, God, I I hear what you're saying. That makes all kinds of sense. You know, getting people out of slavery is a good deal. But who am I? I mean, I'm slow in speech. I'm not very eloquent. I'm not your man. I'm just not your man. And so he goes and he says that to God. And God's reaction is to say, I'm with you. Okay. That's what God says to him over and over. I'm with you. I'll tell you what to say. There's not a hint of anger there. God is not angry with Moses for saying that. Moses then basically follows with more questions, all of which seem legitimate. 
Okay, well, well, God, what about this? And what about that? And so God then responds again and says to Moses, hey, I have you covered. He explains to Moses his plan. So he's real. He lays it out to Moses. Here are, here are the plans that I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. I've got you covered. Again, there's not a hint of anger. But then Moses steps over the boundary, if you will. He oversteps his boundary and, and he implies that his inability to communicate well, well, his lack of giftedness, if you will, in this area will undermine God's design to use him to speak on his behalf. So Moses is now saying, yeah, you know, if I if if you use me, it's not going to work because and he's saying my inability is going to affect your ability to do what you want to do. The thought might cross our minds once again. Well, Moses is just being humble. I mean, he's just admitting his inability to do this. Or, so he's just being humble. But the, the opposite is true here. This is pride and disobedience. This isn't humility. This becomes pride and disobedience. Moses' problem is not that he's too humble and doesn't, he doesn't really believe in himself. You can say, well, he didn't really believe in himself. He doesn't have the, you know, that, that, that belief inside that he could do it. That really wasn't his problem. It wasn't humility that he doesn't believe in himself. It's that he's prideful and he thinks that God's capability rises and falls on his own inability. So he's basically saying to God, because of me, because of what I, whatever, yeah, I'm not able to do this. And Moses basically, as I was reading through the different commentaries, there's a little hint there, too, of, you know, Moses doesn't want to be seen in that light. You know, he's not a great speaker. He's, he's this way. He doesn't want to be seen by the people in that light. And to get up in front of everyone and be the front man is maybe going to affect how he looks to everyone else. And so pride begins to be the overriding deal here. We sometimes think that pride means being overconfident in your abilities. You know, it's like I, I'm just overconfident in my own abilities and that maybe we're taking too much credit for the abilities that we have and not pointing to the one who deserves the credit, God. And that's true. That can be true. But there's another side to pride that I think we sometimes we sometimes we sometimes miss pride can basically spring from a, a, a belief that our limitations can thwart God's plan and purpose for our lives. Somehow our limitations, somehow something that I can do can thwart God's plan, his purpose for my life. There's nothing quite so prideful that than thinking that, that your lack of ability can single-handedly thwart what God wants to do in and through you. God purposed, has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you before the creation of the world. God understands you more than anyone else. And to think that you can somehow single-handedly, through what your, your abilities or lack of abilities, if you will, can thwart God's plan for your life if you just allow him to work through you, if you trust him, that somehow your lack of ability can thwart God's plan, that's the, that's the height, if you will, of being prideful. 
When Moses responds this way, God uh, it gets frustrated with him. And there's no longer, you know, everything kind of changes in the discussion. If you read through Exodus, you know, Moses is saying, well, I can't do this. And God is saying, hey, I, I've got you covered. Well, you know, can you just get Aaron to do it? Because, well, listen, I'm going to tell you what to say. And here's the plan. And here's what I want you to do. Well, can you just, and after a while, there comes a point where God, everything changes. And God is no longer patient with Moses, he, he doesn't respond with a, um, you know, you just have to believe in yourself motivational talk. That's not how he responds. Because of Mo- Moses' attitude, Moses' perspective, God changes. It's, it's something in God changes right there. And the reason he changes is because Moses' attitude, his perspective, is tremendously insulting to God. It's an insult to God. When a God of limitless power wants to use someone, the last thing he wants to hear from the person he wants to use is their limitations. The last thing he wants to hear about are the limitations. A limitless God who can do all things, who wants to work through us, who has the power to work through anyone in this room, anyone in this world, and he wants to do it and he's speaking to your heart, the last thing he wants to hear about are your limitations. So we have to ask ourselves, do we do the same thing to God? Because we, you know, it's so easy when you read that. Again, I've said this before. When I was younger, I'd read about the Israelites coming out of Egypt and everything and how they were whining, complaining. I'd say to myself, how can they whine and complain? He just parted the Red Sea. How can they whine and complain? He just had a, a big wad of fire. How can they whine? How can they complain? He just did this. He just did that. And now as I get older, I realize, you know what? I do the exact same thing. I do the same thing. So you have to ask yourself, do we do, do we do the same thing? Like, for example, God, God won't use me because I'm too fill in the blank. I mean, we say it. I've heard people say, I, I believe that God can do miracles. I believe that God works through people. And I believe this and I believe that. Just not through me because I'm too, or I've lived too long like whatever. Fill in the blank. I've sinned in my life far too many times. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to do my thing. But, but um, you know, God's not going to use me like he's going to use Pastor Jeff. Or God's not going to use me like he's going to use that elder. Or God's not going to use me like he would use this person or that person, whatever else, because of what I've experienced and what I've done. And you basically are telling God, I have limitations, just like Moses, I have these limitations. I'm not, I don't have these great abilities. I'm not this. I live this way. I've done that. I've sinned too much. And you're telling God what he can and cannot do through you. Now, we can sit around and talk about how that could be humility all day long. But in a lot of ways, my friends, it's the same thing as Moses was dealing with. It's pride and it's disobedience. God is saying to Moses, Life, listen, Moses, life is an occasion. Rise to it. Rise to the occasion. I understand all your lack of abilities. I know that already. But I want to use you. Rise to the occasion, not in your own power, not in your own strength, but in the strength that I'm going to give you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk for you, if you will. So God's saying, Moses, you can do this. But Moses allows his pride to dictate his thoughts and his actions. He allows his pride, his disobedience, to dictate that. See, true humility doesn't start with an accurate view of yourself. True humility starts with an accurate view of God. 
It starts with an accurate view of God. It's not about what I can and cannot do. I, you know, you can be a humble person, but that's not really where humility starts. Humility is an understanding of who I am and who I am in relation to God. And it's first having myself realize that I have to have an accurate view of God, who God is, what God wants to do in and through me. It's not about me. See, an accurate view of God helps you understand, helps you truly understand and realize that God is big enough to work through anyone, the large, the, the powerful, and the small. He can work through anyone at any time. He can work through small children. Matter of fact, think about it. In this whole series, we've talked about it. God loves to work through people who others would consider limited small, insignificant, not very powerful, not very famous, not very, not with all. He wants to work through those people. God can work through the large and the powerful and God can work through the small. And that includes you. That includes the, that, that includes us. God wants to use us. God wants to work through us. You, you may, you may think because that you didn't, you didn't uh, come from a strong family, that God can't use you to build a strong family. I see this all the time. And I'm going to tell you something. It's one of my pet peeves. It drives me crazy. So you live out your, your perceived limitations in your life. You didn't come from a background, like a strong family background. And so you think God can't use you to build a strong family. And so it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. And so you just start living out your perceived limitations. You, 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 don't, you, start, you hang out if you're young. You start hanging out with the wrong people because, you know, who'd, who'd really want to be with you, right? And so you're, you, you lower, who, you basically get into a mode of, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, I can't, I have limitations. And so you start to pick and choose the people around you who are just going to bring you down and harm you instead of turning around and saying, wait a second, I am a person created and designed by God. I may have my family heritage in the past may have been one thing, but I can start with me and go forward. I've said this to you before. One of the first things, one of my first goals in my Christian life was to one day become the grandfather and the great grandfather of my family. And to, and to I be the one, I'll be the one up here, and then I have my children, and then my grandchildren, and my grandchildren have their children, and I'll be Pops. I'm Pops. Okay? That's, my, that's what the kids, grandkids call me, Pops. I'm Pops. And I'm the one they look to. I started a new heritage in my family. I started that legacy, and I said, here's the kind of person I would like to be. To the best of my ability, I want to be a godly man. I want to love my wife and love my children and love my grandchildren and, 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 and set an example for my family. Now, I, didn't, I, I, my, I love my mom. I love my dad, but they were divor- divorced early. I didn't have grandparents who really loved the Lord with all their heart and set that kind of example and everything. And I could sit back and say, well, see, see now... Gosh, it's all ruined because I didn't come from a strong family. So how am I going to build a? How is God going to use me to build a strong family? Because I choose to allow him to work through me. And I say, God, I want to be that grandfather. That's my goal. I want to be the grandfather. The grandkids call pops and they look up to who gives them candy and never does. They love me because I'm like, I never discipline them or anything unless it's like real danger. I'm like, hey, it's pops. I got some candy. Remember that Bill Cosby skit? He's always had some money or candy in his pocket. That's what I try to be like. 
I've done my parent. I'm still doing my parenting thing, so I'm not going to do that with my grandkids. I just want to be pops. I want to. I want to set an example. I want to do dynamic things. I want to love God with all my heart. I want to be wild and crazy when it comes to my faith. So the little ones behind me are watching. I can set that example for them. And see, so you can't say because I didn't come from a strong family that God is not, God can't use me to build a strong family. That's insulting to God. You're insulting, and to be honest with you, you're angering your Creator. Don't tell a limitless God about your limitations. He doesn't want to hear it. He already knows, but He wants to use you, regardless of your background, regardless of where you come from. God wants to use you. You know, some people will say, you know, um, yeah, you, you, you think because you don't have the, in a sense, the right background. And I'm not talking about like, you know, family. Now I'm just talking about you don't have the right background, whatever that means. And so you again think that you're limited in your ability to impact the kingdom of God. Because you didn't, I don't know, you didn't go to the right school, you didn't do this, you didn't have this, you didn't have the other thing. And so you think that you're limited in what God can do through you in your life. But that's not true. That is completely, that's just not true. It's wrong. The Christian life is about renewal and redemption. Regeneration. The Christian life is about getting a new beginning, a new start. That's what's so awesome about it. It doesn't matter what your genetics are. It doesn't matter what your environment. It doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is where you are and how God can use you. It doesn't matter if you're not a great... As a matter of fact, if you're not the best, most eloquent speaker in the world, God wants you to go and do something, then God's going to give you even more strength. God's going to surround you with the right people. God will do what God has to do to fulfill what He wants to do in your life. He just doesn't want to hear about your limitations. Now, there's okay. it's okay to be humble and say... Gosh, I really don't have the ability to pull that off. I'm not sure I can. You know, God's asking me to do this, but I'm not sure I have those, that, that ability. I'm not sure I have that. Mentally, I'm really capable of doing that because my brain doesn't function that way. That's okay to say. But then go find some people around you. But don't tell God about your limitations to the point where he's saying, no, I've got it covered. No, I've got it covered. No, I've got it covered. And just keep making excuses. Because according to this passage, that seems to anger God. Listen, here's the deal. God knew your limitations long before you were even aware of them. Okay? God knew them. If God's calling you to do something, it's not like he's going, oh, yeah, I forgot that you weren't a great speaker. Or I forgot that you weren't, you know, I for... he already knows that. God knows your weaknesses and limitations long before you're even aware of them. It's not about, listen, here's the deal. This whole, what I'm talking about here is not about selling yourself short. It's about selling God short. That's really what we're talking about here. We sell God short. A lack of faith and honestly, a lack of obedience. And we sell God short. He used a not so eloquent, hot tempered, if you will, really hot tempered, prideful, um, not to mention he killed someone, person, to free an entire nation. Okay? Moses wasn't perfect by a long shot. He had a lot of issues in his life. A lot of things going on kept him from really experiencing all that God had for him. But God used this hot-tempered, 
prideful, not so eloquent speaker to free a whole nation. Imagine, honestly, what he can do for you and do not let it go through your mind. Well, he was Moses. Who am I? Imagine what God can do in your life. You could say, well, I'm a hot tempered person. Mm -hmm, Got that one covered. I'm not so eloquent. Yep. Got that one covered. I'm not really patient. Yep. Got that one covered. I mean, let's go through. Moses was all of those things. Except he let his hot temper and everything do a couple things. Number one, kill someone and hit that. You know, he did all kinds of things. It didn't allow him to go into the, the promised land because of his behavior, because of those things. And God still used him. You need to let go of your limiting thoughts. Every single one of us this morning needs to let go of our limiting thoughts because they hold you back. And more than holding you back, they insult the one who created you and designed you. You're insulting God by telling him what you can and cannot do. It's an insult to your creator. And when you let go of your limitations and allow God to use you and do things in your life, when you allow God's plan and purpose to be fulfilled in your life, my friends, you will never have to look back with regret. I mean, that's one of those things in life that people, I, 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 sometimes I'll talk to older people and they'll have all these regrets. I regret. I wish I could have done this. I wish I should have done that. I wish, I wish. And they have all these regrets of what they think they should have or could have done, that they just had another chance. It, one of the worst things in life is to lay on your deathbed and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But if you allow God to work through you and not explain to him and tell him what your limitations are, then you'll never have to worry about regret. Because you'll have done everything that God has called you to do. Some of you might be thinking, well, you know, it's just, it's too late for me. We're just too far down the road. It's just too late for me. I'm too far gone. That's not true. That is completely untrue. And honestly, it is the kind of thinking that got Moses into hot water. Well, I'm just too far gone. It's that, it's that mindset. It's that limiting mindset that somehow you're too old or you've done too much, like I said before. It's that limiting mindset. And before I move on, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. Bow your heads with me before we move on. I want you to ask God right now to forgive you for those limiting thoughts. You need to ask God to forgive you. As I'm speaking and you're thinking to yourself, this applies to everyone else. It doesn't apply to me. Uh, you know, you don't under, pastor, you don't understand. God could never, uh, blah, blah, blah. Whatever words you're using in these limiting thoughts, those are limiting thoughts. Whatever limiting thoughts that you have in your mind in any way, shape, and form, I want you to repent of them. I'm going to use all these biblical words. I want you to repent of them and ask God to forgive you for what you're thinking. And God, we do, we ask you to forgive us for our limiting thoughts. I pray, dear God, that you would allow us to take those thoughts captive and that we would not allow them to get in our way any longer. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, it says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he or she. As you think in your heart, so are you. So when you have those those thoughts in your mind that says, I can't, it's never going to work, I'm too this, I'm too that. When you do those things, that's it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I say I said I said this a couple of weeks ago and I, I, I hold to it in my the way I've seen 
people live in, in their lives and how they act out. Many people, I'm going to use the word many so you can't argue with me because if I say most, which is what I think, but many people are exactly where they choose to be in their lives. So many people are where they choose to be in their lives. They make choices. They choose to be in the situation that they're in. You say God can do this and God can do that. And it's like, you know, goes out one ear and out the other, whatever else. And they make choices based upon their what they consider limitations of their past, of whatever the case may be. Things they've been through, things they can't overcome. And they make choices to put them in the position that they're in. Not everyone, not everyone, but many people, a whole lot of people. And God is saying enough, enough with those limiting thoughts. Enough with telling me what I can and cannot do through you. Let go of that stinking, I call it stinking thinking. Let go of the stinking thinking, my friends. You need to let it go. Let me ask you another question. Here's another question for you. What is causing you, you personally, to have those limiting thoughts? What is causing that in your life? Because we need to get, you know, until you do, until you get specific, you can't do anything dynamic until you, until you get specific. So what is it for you? What is causing those limited thoughts in your life? Let's put aside pride for a moment, okay? That was just one issue of Moses. It was one of the reasons he did what he did was pride. Not the only one. It was one one. I just, I just grabbed that one for the sermon. There's many more. But what is it for you that causes you to have those limiting thoughts. See, I watch people limit themselves and God all the time based on some challenging circumstances they've been through in their lives. They go through something challenging. They go through something tragic. I don't know, whatever words you want to use. And, and that causes them to limit themselves and to limit God. It may have been rejection. It may have been abuse. It, it may have been disrespect. Maybe they feel disrespected or they've been criticized, you know, overly criticized. And because of that, they have this limiting thought process going on. And it turns them into someone they were never meant to be, that God never designed them to be. That's what happens in life. We go through these challenging circumstances and you go through this challenge and that challenge. And at a certain point, it begins to change you internally. And you get that stinking thinking. And you get these limiting thoughts. So my question to you is, what is it in you that causes those limiting thoughts? Now, I want you to remember last week we said that regardless of your circumstances, right, that you can have contentment in your life. Right? Regardless of your circumstances, you can have contentment in your life. Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Remember last week we talked about that? So Paul's saying, we can, I can do, you and I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. I've learned that secret. I've learned I can be content in whatever comes my way. The week before that, we said that God can do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. And then the Bible tells us we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Okay, so we've talked about all those things during this series. 
So now this morning, as we close, I want to connect the dots here with you. Someone on the way out on Sunday said, well, how does it I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? And how does that work together with, you know, my desire to really go out there and and, and fulfill all that? God? How do all those things fit together? So I want to I want to connect the dots. Okay, we belong to God and God wants to use us. All right. So we have that down. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We belong to God and God wants to use us, right? So we have a God, a limitless God, who can do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. So we have a God who we, who belong, we belong to God. He wants to use us. He is limitless, limitless, and he wants to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. And on the way... To, on the way to fulfilling the plan that God has for our lives, even when we go through difficulties and challenging circumstances and whatever the case may be, even when we go through those things, God allows us to find contentment, peace, and joy through Jesus Christ, regardless of what circumstances I find myself in. I, am I missing anything here? So God, want, God we, owns us. He wants to use us. A limitless God wants to do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. And when, when the enemy attacks and we go through the challenges of life through Jesus Christ, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Regardless of my circumstances, I can have peace, joy, and contentment. So as I'm walking through life and I get to the top of the mountain, God can do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine. He can keep on, the mountain just keeps on growing. But then we have valleys in life. And when I go into those valleys of li- in, in life, I realize that, wait a second, I can find peace, joy, and contentment. I have learned the secret, Paul said, of being content in any and every situation. Well fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ. I can have contentment in my life during the valleys. And God can do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine when I'm on the mountaintops. Am I miss, again, am I missing something here? Because you start to think about this. I don't know about you, but when I, when I think about that, valleys and, and hills and valleys and, and mountaintop experiences, and no matter what I go through, God is going to be with me. God's going to give me the strength. God's going to do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine. God's going to do these things throughout my life, ups and downs. See, here's the thing. This is going to be life, okay? This is what life's going to do to you. But here's what you need to do. Because life's going to constantly put you through this. And some of us are constantly going, oh, 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 you know what I'm saying? We just follow it. It's like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is, oh, this is terrible. Instead of, going, instead of following, you go like this. I can do all things through Christ. When it goes down, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And as you go up, you say, God can do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine. My friends, I'm not sure. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I feel I feel a bit overconfident. I feel unstoppable. Think about your life when it comes to that experience, what we've we've talked about during this whole series. Think about what God can do. Think about your life. If you can hang on to and believe that truth and live out that truth that we're learning here. Imagine what your life could be like. It isn't going to be perfect. You're going to go through some difficulties in life. But you're not going to come crashing down and throw away your faith. and care. It's not going to happen because you know that God is with you. And God's going to use even those difficult times. 
He's going to use those difficult times to strengthen you. Make you stronger, make you smarter. Use those times so that you can invest and impact the lives of others. It changes, it makes you unstoppable. You see why I call this series Great Expectations? You think about it. Why did I call this series Great Expectations? Because regardless of what we experience in life, we can have great expectations of God. We can live, we can live a, a boundless life, a life without limitations. We can reach for the stars, and when the enemy tries to discourage us, when the, tr- the enemy tries to intervene, I can find strength in my weakness. I can find strength in my weakness. I can be content. I can be content, listen, within my trials. Not when they're over, but within my trials. You think about it. How do you stop someone like that? If that's the way a person is living their lives, if God calls them, if they, if they belong to God, and God wants to use them, and God, a limitless God, can do immeasurably more than all they can ever ask or imagine, and when they go through the trials and difficulties and challenges of life, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How do you stop a person like that from fulfilling their destiny? Answer is, you don't. You can't. The only thing that could stop a person like that is that person. That's what happened to Moses. He limited, he, man, he, he lived an amazing life. He lived an amazing life, but he could have seen and experienced so much more. He could have done so much more. Listen, stop chasing, stop chasing your past and the pain and the insecurities. Stop allowing them to control your emotions and your decisions. Stop following this. Know that God is with you every step of the way. And when you can't walk any longer, He'll throw you on His back and carry you. And when you need the strength, the strength will be there through Him. Not through your bootstraps, not by digging down deep, not any of that, but through the power of God. He can do that through you. See, On my own, on my own, I have limitations. But with Christ, with Christ, those limitations become an asset. My strength, my weaknesses become my strengths. That is so amazing. My weaknesses, my whatever limitations become an asset to me and my weaknesses become my strength. I mentioned this verse last week, but I didn't give you the whole context. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 11, it reminds us of this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, when I am weak, when I am my weakest, when I think I have my limitations are overwhelming me, when I am weak, then I am strong. It all turns around. That's the thing about God. God takes the worst of circumstances and and turns them into the best of circumstances. He takes my weaknesses, he turns them into strengths. He takes my limitations and he makes makes me limitless. I love this. I'm sorry. Is anybody here get excited as I'm getting? I have goosebumps just thinking about it. No, I'm not kidding. Come on. We're in church. We're going to sit here. No, think about this. This God that we worship, he takes all these crummy circumstances in our lives. 
our parents, our grandparents, our, 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 our abuses, whatever the case may be, all these things that the enemy has went his, all of your existence trying to limit you. And then if you just think about it, if you get the stinking thinking out of your mind, God does something incredible. He does something incredible. He turns it around and uses it against the enemy. He turns your weaknesses into strengths. He turns your limitations into a limitless ability to do whatever he's asking you to do. You don't want to take him off. (laughs) Just do what he's telling you to do. He'll give you what you need to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. God is awesome. I said it before, but Moses had an amazing life. Amazing life. I wish I could live the same type of life that Moses lived. He lived an amazing life. And I'm going to tell you something. He could have seen so much more. He could have experienced so much more if he would have had the desire, if he would have gotten some of that stinking thinking out of his mind, some of those limiting thoughts out of his mind, allowed that pride not to kind of permeate his life in in such a way, he could have seen and experienced so much more. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads. See, my prayer for every one of us in this whole entire series, and especially this morning, my prayer for every one of us is that we would live our lives with great expectations for God and that we wouldn't forget this, that we walk out of here changed people. God, we want to walk out of here changed people. My prayer is that we would, we would believe more in his power than we do our own limitations. And that we would reach beyond what we are capable of doing and achieve what he is capable of doing through us. God, I pray that you would just help us to lay aside our limitations. Enough is enough. You've been talking to us for so long. You've been patient with us for so long. And the last thing you want to hear from us is what we can't do because we're limited and we don't have this ability and we don't have that ability. We've done this. We've done that. And for those in the room, I pray this for you. For those in the room who are thinking, well, you don't understand. I've done this and I've done that. Stop it. okay? let it go. That is an excuse. It's just an old, lame excuse because nowhere in the Bible does it give you the freedom to continue to behave the way you're behaving and use the excuse that this or that or the other thing I have and what I've done. Stop right now. Ask God to forgive you. And if you ask right now, say, God, forgive me for those things. Right now, say it in your heart. God, forgive me for those things. Just say it in your heart. Now, he has forgiven you. If you continue to think that way, you're calling God a liar. And I'm sure that makes him angry. God, use every single one of us. Let us lay aside our excuses. Let us lay aside our fears. Let us lay aside our limiting thoughts. And let's serve you with our whole hearts. We want to have great expectations of you, God, with all of our hearts. We want to live. We want to live our lives completely enveloped in you. Allow us to do that, Lord God, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. If you would stand up, let's close out this service with a song that we can sing and clap to.